to, to reach you, but we couldn't get hold of you. And I, I'm just, this is the note I have to send today. Okay. You tried to reach me. Tell me who tried to reach me. When did they try to reach me? How did they try to reach me? I've been at, I've been at this house since before your uncle sold me our first policies. Oh, you haven't moved. The address is the same. My phone number I've had at least 10 years. My address, email address, hasn't changed in 20 years. Well, 15 maybe. Um, somebody could reach me. The other person who used to work for you, who, I've, who you've just told me quit to be with their family. Well, I don't know, quit, fired, whatever. Um, she never had a trouble problem reaching me. So I'm just annoyed at that. So anyway, this policy that expired after 10 years because it was term would jump right out. I have to pay more money to get like $25,000 instead of 300000 My wife and I discussed, uh, this is, we really don't need this. Anyway, sorry. God damn it. I, I, you know, sometimes this mouth just goes into autopilot and uh, I don't have control. And uh, you didn't need to know about my insurance woes, but it was a reminder of things I have to do today. Right back to this guy and call him on this business. Don't tell me. You know, I try. The thing is, I try to be nice to everybody. I'm I'm polite to people. I recognize it's another human doing a job. Don't give him a hard time. But because he represents a corporation, I I just I don't like. I've never liked confrontation. It's a real problem I've had my entire life. And in this case, hey, you're fucking lying to me. Nobody tried to reach out. You you easily could have called me. Don't you put this back. Now I'm in, now I'm annoyed. Now I'm angry, but it's because I'm talking to you. It's easy. Calling him I'll sort of apologize. Uh sorry to tell you, but you know really you could have No, I won't do that. But you know what I mean? God damn it, man. Don't don't lie to me. Anyway, I canceled the policy. That was it. Good. I did take action. Can't No, never mind. We don't need it. It's not worth it for uh, for these things. But also, I did let him know that I do not like the way this transition was made. Nobody told me Shamira was leaving or left. Nobody told me you were taking over from your uncle. We tried to reach you, but couldn't get a hold of you. No, you didn't. So I think Shamira left and just, you know, left them in a bind. And suddenly they realized, oh, my God, this woman has been running the company, the secretary or assistant, whatever, the entire time. And uh, when she left, nobody knew what to do. So I, that's my guess anyway. God damn it. Anyway. Okay. So he sends me a PDF document. You got to sign this, cash in your policy. You can paste a digital name on, but you can't edit a PDF document unless you give in a credit card and then you get seven days free trial. And after that, you're billed automatically like 15 bucks a month to edit PDFs. Oh, fuck off. So I tell him, well, you should be able to. No, and I don't have a printer. And, you know, hey, you don't have an office in Scarborough anymore. No, it's in, what's the next town? Peterborough. Not Peterborough. <laughs> what is, uh, you know, before Ajax, before Oshawa. Oh, my God. The, the brain, the mind, the memory. As soon as you go to fish for something, it ain't there. But I know what it is. Pickering, okay? You knew what it was. You were shouting out. Doug was shouting out. Pickering, asshole. Anyway, so I drove to Pickering. Very neatly done. I couldn't get into their office. I could get up the elevator to the outside front door. They set up a little table, a little green folder, and a pen. 
you know, with instructions to sign here, and uh, we're not going to touch you. We're not going to see you. We're not going to. You're not going to breathe on us. Uh, this being an insurance company, they're pretty careful. And they just waved to me as I exited and went back in the elevator. They just waved to me. Yeah, got it. Thanks. So policy done. Okay, Jesus Christ. So what else did I do? I stopped the Canadian Tire and bought two pieces for my barbecue. Uh, I've been posting about this. It's just rusted out and, you know, flames everywhere. And I figured it's probably getting to the close to the dangerous stage. But these are like flame guides. They're triangular shape. You put them over the burners and they deflect the flames in the right way so you get an even heat kind of thing. And two had rusted out and just collapsed right into the barbecue. They, they literally broke in half. And uh, 30 bucks a piece. So I bought two to replace the two that were broken, and I used my Canadian Tire gift cards that I usually give to my host families. So that saved the pain just a little bit, and here I am. So things accomplished, and then uh, today, you know these advertisements for the eaves troughs? Hey, we'll put these things on. You'll never have to clean your gutters again. And everything we do to the house now, I'm thinking in terms of, well, we'll get that money back when we sell up. So... Soon as the ad came on TV today, I emailed them, and bam! Within ten minutes, call back. Oh, you qualify seniors discount ten percent. Uh, if you call us on the same for same day, fifteen percent off. And we set up a time. She says, "Now, will your wife be there?" And I said, "No, no, she's she's working, and she doesn't want to be around people. She works with seniors." Well, I, I'm only. I said, "Why are you asking?" It's a strange question. Well, you'd qualify for a further ten percent discount if your wife is there. And oh my God, off I go again. I said, I'm going to be polite to you. It's not your fault, but you got to pass this up the chain. That is awful. My wife is the one who wants me to do this. She called, but for you to say I can only get ten percent off if my wife is there is what lousy companies do who try to cheat you. I, I used other words. I was a little more, um, I, I was direct enough. Like, honestly, doesn't that stink? And I said, am I the first person to this? No, no other people. And she was kind of like, she was, you know, poor girl. But I was polite to her. I said, it's not against you, but you got to pass that up the line. That That's enough to really put me off doing business with your company if your wife is there. Because what does that mean? We can we can put pressure on two people. We can work on your wife easier than you. You fuckers. God damn, isn't that an awful way to do business? Honestly, honestly, the world is just so full of fucking creeps. Like a guy, a fucker, who hacked my Instagram account for Ray-Ban ads. God damn it. I finally got it back today after a lot of fuss and setting up two-number authentication or whatever. Uh, and they email or uh, Instagram said we realize your account was hacked. Try again, give another new password. So I, anyway, I'm up now, and there are no more Ray-Ban ads on my Instagram account. Oh, what? Uh, I just to share the planet with people with shitty people, and I think it's because as I'm reading my letters, immersed in this world of letters to Barnacle Bill, mainly about my sister and other friends. I'm realizing the closeness, the intimacy with people you trust, you love, you care for, you, 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 you're part of your world. And then you get these fuckers outside who don't care about you as a person. They only care about money and business and profit. And you, you don't count as a human. You're just, you're just a, 
a thing to squeeze money out of. Oh, fuck you. Honestly, it, it, it infuriates me. I say that as another old man goes walking by with his dog, a neighbor, and I think, well, there, there's, there's nice people in our neighborhood. I, I, don't, I'm, I guess you get this problem on the internet because you're exposed to all the weasels. But anyway, oh, Ken, stop. Give them, give them a break. That means you, the listener. But I, you do get wired up over these things. They, they really... You want everybody to be up to a high standard, and it's such a ridiculous thing to expect. But it's my naivety, my idealism, the fact that I grew up with love and care and never really had to suffer. You know, you, you just... You, you develop, I guess, a warped view of the world. And, and the warp is... There are, you know, like a Star Trek episode of, of you know, oh, this planet's full of kind people. They seem to... There's always a catch, of course, you know. They seem to be so nice. What's wrong with them? You know? Ugh. All right, moving on. I guess this is Dixon Jane's podcast number 809, because I don't remember recording anything other than just what you heard. I started off with the CBC News about COVID. The numbers are up, and again, stupid people being careless. And now all the kids are back in school and, and everybody's stressed. Kids, the parents, the teachers, the administrators, you know. And the TV news just stirs it all up more, you know. Oh, I'll break it this school. Anyway, let, let's park that. Maybe maybe I just should stop now. And, um, yeah, I'm going to get back to uh, to the letters. I, yeah, okay, on that note, I'll just wrap up with that. There was a, I, I sorted some boxes out yesterday, and there's a banker box full of letters to friends that I filed. I've actually filed, you know, these are to so-and-so, these are to, you know, this person, this is to this family. Um, there's another box entirely not sorted, but it's just all family. So then the second box is organized by friends, mostly. Then there's a third box. Organized by friends. So I've got two boxes of just letters I've received from friends over the year, going back to 69, mainly, when I when I started traveling. Uh, and people that I've only recently reconnected with, like John Hodgson, my high school friend, who's now in Australia. And I, I pick one up. Well, it's one of the letters I wrote to my folks. And I'm referring to, oh... John meeting John Hodgson in in uh, in Heraklion on Crete. Him and his girlfriend were hanging out in Athens together. Well, I didn't know. Oh yeah, John was in England when I was there. I, I looked him up. We hung out in London. He taught me how to do a tube fiddle, how to sort of cheat your way onto the uh, British underground without paying full fare. Um, and we just reconnected. He's in Australia. Somebody I've wanted to get in touch with. Um, and I, I think he's he's living on an island uh, and very concerned about birds. And he posted a picture. And I think, I, I only glanced at the picture and then closed it right away. I think it showed him and a friend holding two feral cats by the tail. I'm, I'm just guessing that's what I saw. I, I just, I didn't want to look. I didn't want to look. No, no. 
I wouldn't feel so bad if they were raccoons or something else, but it might have been wild cats who would, of course, kill birds. And it seems like they have grin, like they're looking like hunters. And you know me and cats. And it's almost like I'm, I'm going to have to unfriend him. Well, I can't do that. I can't go there. But I, I've, I stopped all communication with him since glancing at what I, I think I saw. <sighs> but then... When I realized, oh my God, we were we traveled a little bit in Europe together, him and his Australian girlfriend. And then I looked in this one of the friends' boxes and said, oh, there's a whole file folder, letters to letters from John Hodgson. He might want to he might want to read those from different places, from Europe, from Australia, from Vancouver. He might be as interested as I am in getting my letters from the past. So I have to contact him. Um and offer to send him his letters. But, of course, I think I would copy them first. Or maybe, yeah, that's what I'd do. I'd photocopy them and uh, and send them in a, as, a do- as a PDF document. That's what I'd do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, God damn. So, anyway, okay, so going through that closet with these three boxes, I found another box that's sealed, a flat box, maybe four inches deep. I still think in inches. Um, yeah, somebody, yeah, anyway. <sighs> sealed, not open. So today I pull it out. Well, what the hell? Why would I have a sealed box? It's from Barnacle Bill. What the hell is in it? What did he send me? Is it an old sweater I'd forgotten or something? And why Why didn't I open it when it came? Like, I think it's been in the in the cupboard for months. Maybe longer. So... I slice it open, and it's letters. It's a mother load of more letters that I had sent him. And he's arranged them in bundles, neat bundles, of the year. 1990, 1991, 1992, 1980, 1981, Believe me, I'm going forward. More on that another time. Um, and then today I thought, you know, that's... I thought I've... I keep referencing other letters. There doesn't look like all those letters are here. Well, there they were, in my cupboard. So, holy fuck. I have a complete set of pretty well every letter I've written to Barnacle Bill. I do. Because he saved them. And then letters that I've received from just... All kinds of friends back when people wrote letters. Like old girlfriends and things. Holy shit, wow. That's neat. So I, I'm just, I'm excited and I'm so involved in this world that the Dixon Jane's podcast is definitely taking a back seat to all of this because what I'm doing is I'm dictating the letters only as a paragraph at a time. I think I mentioned this last last podcast, but anyway... Then I have to go through and correct punctuation and and uh, spelling. It it it's hilarious. I wish I got I kept a record of the times it tried to spell Naoko, my wife's name. Uh, it's the, the the variety. I I swear, there's been thirty different expressions in English. For that name, and if if it, because I didn't save them in the beginning, I just changed them 
Well, there's no point in starting now. And then if I get a new one, I'm like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Uh, anyway, it's taking me forever. But as I'm reading the letter out loud into my computer, I am back there. I'm in that time. I'm picturing it's come alive. I just did one from uh, Crete that I'd written to my sister all about the caves in Matala when we're hanging out. But no mention of dope. And maybe I thought, well, maybe it's going to my, this is 1970, January 1970, probably going to my parents. Uh, they know I smoke dope, but I haven't really openly discussed it with them. I'm what, 21 at this point, 22, 21. And still living at home, except for this trip to Europe. Uh, so... I avoid it, but it just seems so funny to me, you know? What a great time we're having. Spent the night in the caves. But anyway, anyway, god damn. The details, the details. It just brings back an entire life lived. And uh, I am absolutely convinced. I'll say it here now. I've embarrassed myself so many times before on this podcast by saying I'm going to do something and not doing it. I'm already well past a hundred pages in this booklet. I mean, this is this is going to be a this is going to be a big one, boys and girls. Um, there'll be ways I can make the font smaller. I'm going to have to. Um, there's ways we got to work around this. But oh my God, uh, talk about trips down memory lane. This sure is one fucking long lane, Scarborough dude. Signing off at the 20-minute mark. Uh, take care, and um, thank you. Thank you if you are a listener. Bye for now. Sister Kate, oh 
Yes, Lord. Won't you tell me what's to be my fate? Oh, yes, Lord. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. Catfish show, but it is Scarborough, dude. Um, podcasting to you from outside the former Scarborough City Hall and uh, new library. Um, I've just come from the dentist, and uh, yeah, it's the big civic center. I used to, there used to be a hill I could drive up on, remember? Oh, years and years ago, and overlook this park that I'm parked beside, and I would do my Sunday sermons there, preach to the masses. I imagined all of you sitting in the grass, you know, yoga position and uh, me talking to you and you actually listening to uh, what I had to say. Anyway, because I've just come from Scarborough Town Center and this is on the way home, I thought, okay, just do a quick stop here because uh, it's one of those times when I just, I have to talk. I have to podcast. And, uh, well, that's how it works on the Dixon Janes podcast. I realized uh, today that this podcast is so reflective of my letter writing in that a letter was written over the course of a week at least. So there might be three different times or more, very often more if it was a 14-page letter, but at least different times. And then so there'd be different things going on, different moods, different, uh, you know, issues to explore, whatever. Um, And that's... I guess the way I podcast is just a direct progression uh, from the way I used to write letters. So uh, anyway, I'll get back to that. But let's deal with the dentist first. Um, When I called in to confirm my 11 o'clock appointment, they said, oh, you have a different dentist today. He's very nice. He's got 15 years experience. So as soon as they said he, I thought, oh, that's odd. Now, I'm going to explore some biases here, not to make me look good and not to make me look bad either, but just to be honest the way we are, how our minds work. I've never had a male dental hygienist. So right, my first thought, well, maybe he's gay. And that's okay. I'm very comfortable with gay people. They're gentle and kind, and and I I was good with that. And, And why I would assume that, if it's a dental hygienist male, he might be gay. That, that's crazy. You know, where does that come from? But anyway, I'm just being honest. That's that's what came to my mind. Well, I walked in and met Isaac, and Isaac is black. And now we want to go down a couple of other levels. Oh, and he's got a bit of an accent. Yeah, sounds like a West African accent. And so... 
I, I always start off with any time with a new hygienist, regardless of who they are, I have to explain. I've got anxiety. I've got a gag reflex. Um, I'm stressed. And I've got to get all this out of the way. So as soon as we started, I said, what did they tell you about me? And he just said, the, you're, that you're a nice man. And then right away I got, okay, so they haven't tipped him off that I'm one of these special patients, clients that needs <coughs> nurturing and, you know, I have to explain every time I have a new hygienist. Look, th- this is how it is. Nothing against you personally, but this is how it is. Like, I, I you know, <sighs> and then I thought, okay, then nothing, then he didn't... The last few times I've gone, they always stick this thing on your finger and they check your, your oxygen and sort of your, your pulse. Well, he didn't do that. And I said, well, aren't you going to do that? Like blood pressure? And then he goes and gets out this thing for blood pressure on your arm. He said, no, this one's for your arm. And I thought, well, the finger one, and it didn't, it didn't seem right. Why is he doing that? They've never done that before. And he was just holding it. And I said, also, like, usually, you know, because I'm so stressed, usually they give me a little pill I can, I can put under my tongue, and it, it helps. It calms me down. And he said, I'll go get the doctor. So he left the room, came back with Dr. Kumandra, my doctor, the one who... When I had the stroke, this is the guy who sort of got me calmed down, like, and saved me, basically, and has saved me on many occasions. The doctor came in. He talked. How are you? He laughed. He said, this is two in a row. You are the second high-anxiety patient. And I wonder, like, does he think it's something to do, the, the dentist, Isaac himself, because he's black and somebody's maybe judging him and not as comfortable or am I really, it doesn't matter who you are, I'm stressed. Five minutes with the doctor. I'm telling him about my letters. He's going on. What a wonderful thing. What a gift. He gets it fully. I'm just completely relaxed and back. Even though I'm in a dentist office, he has managed just through that conversation to put me at ease like and he means it like he's this is fantastic this gift you have all those letters wow is amazing I, I tell my kids about it and, and so on so I'm okay but still underneath I'm not entirely comfortable and it seems that Isaac even though they've told me he has 15 years experience right away I'm thinking yeah but where were those 15 years experience I find out later He's from uh, Ivory Coast. And right away I said, oh, Cote d'Ivoire. And he said, ah, your geography's good. And I'm relieved. Why am I relieved? Because it's not Nigeria. Now, that's not racism. That's anti-Nigerianism. Like, that's the anxiety that you, you can't, I can't trust the education system in Nigeria. If that's where, I don't even know where I got his training. I didn't ask. I didn't have to. I was just relieved. Okay, I got nothing against Ivory Coast. We're good. Clean slate. (laughs) So the thing is, I was exploring. And then he was very gentle. I didn't do anything wrong, except 
the other hygienist, Sammy, who I normally have, is much more thorough. Much like, whoa, we got to get this plaque off. And he just seemed to delicately step around like we were done in no time. And I feel, wow, he didn't do nearly as much of a job. He didn't do the sort of paste that you put on your teeth after, which Sammy always did. He never did check my blood pressure or, or did put, do the thing on the finger. And I guess because the doctor had already calmed me down. So I wasn't as confident and I did not feel bad saying, okay, next time, uh, will it be with Sammy, my regular person? So it wasn't necessarily direct against him and it certainly wasn't just because he was black. But... Honestly, I mean, I'm being open here. Underneath, I'm wondering, okay, they've hired somebody back. They they have to because it's got to be reflective of the population. Was it affirmative action? Does that make a difference? Is that a factor? Would he be any... Would he have an edge because he was black in terms of getting this job? And those things are going through your mind, okay? I'm just saying that because... Most people don't want to be honest about any of this. No, I'm cool. That's fine. Yeah, sure. In the end, I was. I was polite. It was a nice exchange. I thanked him. Uh, but I want my old hygienist back just because I know her. She's thorough. We know the routine. Today was sort of a last-minute change. <sighs> okay. I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. I, You know, I are people going to judge me? No, you're not going to judge me. Was I, was there an undertone of racism because he was black in there? Probably. You know, probably there was, I was factoring in other issues, like how, I mean, the fact that he, he definitely was not as thorough, definitely was not as familiar with the machine in terms of up and down. I'm going to give you the water and was taking much longer. He, there was no conversation that always is with every other hygienist I had. And the thing is, here's the problem for the poor guy, for Isaac. Probably I made him so much more uncomfortable. Probably my anxiety. How much did he attribute that to? No, it's not just an anxious person, but it's because I'm new and I'm black here on the staff. You know, was that a factor? Had it been a, a black woman, would it have been different? On top of it, was it a double whammy? Oh, he's male, he's not gay, and he's you know, from West Africa, you know, I don't know about these things, but anyway, I'm just letting it all out. Uh, the thing is, I feel I'm numb because he, he, at the doctor's suggestion, he put this stuff all over my gums because they bleed heavily. Uh, I'm just so relieved it's over. I've got to go back in a couple of weeks to have the, the upper teeth done, which is, they're even more sensitive but uh, that's okay. It'll be with Sammy. I'll be fine. Uh, and now I've got to get back to my precious letters. And I was just so glad that uh, Dr. Kumandra, who will get a shout out if I ever actually make this into a book, uh, a thank you. Because this guy, honestly, he's just meant so much. He's just an absolutely wonderful human being. I, I really I am in awe of Dr. Kumandra. Okay, leave it there. Scarborough Dude signing off from uh, the bell I put away. Doesn't matter, you don't need it. Bye for now.
That's the baby bell. Here at uh, Bluffers Park today, uh, what is the day today? It's uh, I think we're right up to September 17th or something like that. Yeah, 17th, almost uh, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, yeah, it's just clouded over. I just tilted the chair back in the Toyota, you know, the front seat. And the sun was just coming in the rear windows, which are open. And now this big big dark cloud has moved in so it's not quite as pleasant i love that sensation of feeling the warmth of the sun beating down on your face oh god that's such a good feeling and uh but we're gonna put up a cloud for now i had to get out i have just become consumed by these letters I, i think that's probably the whole topic for this entire podcast I've just put pretty well the last of the letters in plastic sleeves. So I, I've, you know, these things you can buy, put in a three-ring binder, opened up the letter, taken out of the envelope, opened it up flat, and then just stick at the back end of it the, the envelope itself with the address. So I know who I'm mailing it to and, uh, you know, what address they're at. It's not always clear. And uh, it goes up to the 1990s. So that's, um, boy, from 16, 20, you know, a long time, a long time of letters, a lifetime of letters. Ah, this, oh, nice, 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 nice. The cloud has moved. Oh, I can feel it. God damn. Uh, anyway, it's just been so... Not weird, uh, good, I guess, just to to relive these things. Like, as I read them, I know exactly what I'm reading and where I was and who I was with as as it comes back. But if I had to call up that memory on my own without the letters, I couldn't. They'd, they'd just be, I wouldn't have known so many of the experiences I'm talking about. You know, meetings and, and travels back and going off for this conference and... Uh, you know, doing the the groundwork necessary to convince my company in Japan they needed a branch office in Toronto and I was the man to run it. Things that I did that got me to where I am, like I was talking to somebody, oh, it was my dentist yesterday when he said, you know, you you don't realize all the time that you have to be in certain places, even if it's a mistake, to get you to where you are. And boy, does that ever come across in these letters. Like, I just, I, there was one I wrote to Bruce, two pages from Nigeria of me crying. I mean, just emotionally a wreck over passion for one of my students. I, I'm just going to come out and say that because, I mean, you know, I'm still thinking about putting these in a book and... uh you know, I, I'm not going to hide stuff that doesn't make me look good. But boy, there's a hell of a lot in there that doesn't make me look good. I was a drunkard for one. I mean, I, I realize now, uh, if my memory, and there's no if about it, the fact my memory is so fractured, you know, just, it's not connected the way it should be. You know, there are just pieces you know, we could argue whether they're missing or not, but I can't get at them. But I used to think people will say, oh, it's from dope smoking, man. 
And I'm saying, no, it's from the alcohol abuse. Those nights when I went to Chinatown, and this became even after I was married, oh my God, to my shame. Um, those nights in Chinatown, your plan was to go, and then you'd sort of look at your watch, you having a good time? Yeah, okay, well, then what the hell? Let's go all in, and we'll catch the first train home in the morning. And on, I know more than one letter, I found myself like waking up in Tokyo on some train, like, holy fuck. Got on the train heading in the right direction and then just never got off the train. They just keep going back and forth between, uh, you know, Kawasaki and uh, somewhere in Tokyo. And you'd wake up, oh, where the fuck am I? So that was a lot. And but the thing is, it's described in detail, which is interesting. Talking about the bars and who I ran into. And, and so when I mentioned Jimmy and Takemi's man... I know who I'm talking about. I, I know the times we're having. When I mentioned the uh, the local Yakuza coming in with his niece, I know. I'll mention going out drinking with, you know, Rob, the guy who's in, uh, in Thailand now, you know, and to Kimi's, and, and it all comes back uh, in, you know, in clarity. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm just... So glad to have these. I will be leaving them behind. I will label them, you know, these because Bruce had put them all in order. So like 1990, 1991, 1992, and so on. And so I've tried to put them in that order, not necessarily by month. You know, that would take too much work. But by year anyway. And I think I'll put labels on the back of the binder. So I've got four binders full now. With letters. We are talking hundreds of letters. And when I talk letters, I would say an average is eight pages. They go up to 14. Uh, very fine print. Like if I was to type them out, they'd be double the size. Because I, I was just, I don't know how I was able to write that small, legibly. And I don't know how anybody was able to read. And that's what makes the collection interesting as each, as each letter comes out. It's just completely different handwriting, different pens, different different strange papers. And very often, the PS and the PPS and the last page, I promise, is written like on bus transfers and uh, tickets and just all kinds of stuff. But there's always something else to add, you know. You had one more beer in this bar and you should have seen the ass on that woman. Something stupid, inane, but... Was something, and I guess the, I'm talking in particular. And that well, that, that that didn't apply to the letters to my parents. They didn't get the drunken letters. They might have got had a good time in Yokohama last night with my friends, but uh, Barnacle Bill got the the raw message. He he got the the meat and potatoes. He he got the uh, the details. And I'm very very grateful to have had such a friend, and still do to confide in when I needed to. The part about my marriage when we were making plans to elope was painful. I mean, I, I was a broken man in more than once in these letters. But here was a friend I could trust and confide in and, and uh, pour out my feelings. Uh, and I, I, I've thanked him for that. Uh, again, Bruce, he, the one thing about Bruce was he was always... we. Te- we at one gathering, we sort of gave him a 
trophy. It was an old Pepsi bottle we found in the mud, but we called it the Mr. Reliable Trophy because he had earned that title more than any of us. So, uh, anyway, the thing is, and here's the here's the uh, here's here's the rub. I want to monetize these letters. I really think there's something here, and I, I maybe only to cover any costs involved. If I was to print it now, I'm thinking, well, maybe this is better for uh, just online. But I, I don't want things that people could forward and send to somebody else. It's got to be a way that's, uh, you know, I know. PDFs would be uh, safe. If any of you out there, good people, creative people, have uh, suggestions on how what I can do with these, I mean, I've I made this booklet sort of a you know a, a trade size seven inches by nine inches, and I'm up to like 120 pages already, and, I'm, and that's barely started. And so I'm going to have to make the, the the smaller font, as I think I mentioned, and um, and I think. I'm going to have to start editing letters. Okay, okay, okay. They don't need all of that to make it interesting. But there's more to go through. Like the part that I think would be of interest is the the different places. You know, this this year from this place, like there was one I just wrote starting in Athens. And now I realize, oh, there's the letters from uh, getting on the ship in Yokohama and heading off to the Soviet Union. Wow, there's a whole set, you know, and, 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 and. So there's a lot there, and I'm just, I've just kind of reached the point of, okay, step back a little bit, try and get organized. And so that's why I've put everything into binders, and then I can sort of go through, okay, what have I already typed out and, and put into this um, booklet, book, uh, you know, which ones have been used, which would be a good follow-up. That's the thing you're always looking for. Um, you know, I found, gosh, yeah, I just found the one when my father died. And I was writing it, I was I was on the airplane in first class flying back to uh, to Ottawa for the funeral. And I was kind of, said it hasn't sunk in yet. All I knew is I had to get back right away and I had to get that ticket the next day. But I was sitting up first class, you know, with champagne and that little happy coat they gave me on gel. Wow. And thinking my father would have loved this. And found the passage where the day before Kenji and Naoko had gone out for a walk and Kenji found some petrified wood, which makes them stones. And it was at a flea market and bought them for Grandpa before he knew, you know, Grandpa had just died. Um... And I tucked those in my father's blazer pocket <laughs> before he was cremated. Uh, that was a touching moment I had alone. Oh dear, I may have shared that before. I don't know what it was. Uh, but to find the letter of that time, that moment, you know, I, if these are coming with me. This is from my son to his grandfather, uh, who we'll never see again. So... You can understand why it's 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 emotionally, God. I mean, some of the some of the pain, and when you're in pain, you got to talk to somebody. And talking, we didn't do long distance calls. We didn't do Facetimes. We wrote letters, and we got it all out of our system. And then Barnacle Bill, being a drunk himself, um, 
I knew he was the perfect guy to be on the receiving end of every time I found a new bar somewhere in Kawasaki or Yokohama or Tokyo and would take him along and describe it. Oh, this one's going to be on the tour next time you come. Uh, we did have, uh, you know, some good bar tours. That that was a thing when you when you bring a friend to your hometown. Now, that's not something we do now. Like if friends come and visit me here, it would be, okay, we're going to the only cafe. You don't have to bar up because I don't need an eat a whole night of drinking beer. You know, a few pints of the only would be plenty. Thank you very much. So thank God I've slowed down in that department. I gave up hard liquor 15, 20 years ago with the occasional rare uh, vodka orange or vodka tomato. Very rare, you know, once in two months. And very rare, uh, less than once a month, uh, you know, a, a, a sip of scotch. The rest is beer and wine. But I do see my wife has a lovely bottle of sake that somebody gave her unopened, sitting on the table, tempting me. Uh, I guess in the final part of it all, if I'm going to be uh, try and be a little honest here, is my God, um, I would not give myself a very good grade as a husband and father. Um, my high school grades, getting just scraping through, you know. 65. 60 was like a, you know, 50, I think, might have been a pass, a subject pass, but you couldn't do anything with that. You needed at least a, 60 was still, you're in the, the red zone. And uh, I think I was, you know, I would be under 70 most of the time for grades. I mean, I didn't do any work. I, I thought homework was an injustice. I, I didn't do homework. I'm not making apologies or excuses. I'm just saying I didn't bother. Fuck you. I don't want to do that. That's not fun. And uh, everything changed when I got to university. Just want to put that out there. Okay, okay. Um, but I would give myself that score. I'd give myself as far as uh, fatherhood, being a good father, 65%. That's not very good. That's a pass. I mean, I didn't abuse my boys, uh, you know, and, you know, they never went hungry or without clean clothing. Well, that's thanks to Nelkel, but... Uh, and uh, as a husband, um, gosh, 65 at best. So, God damn it, eh? What, what do I do with that? Do I try and be better? I think, I don't know, maybe the boys would give me a better mark now because we can communicate now. Uh, like I just, as I left, told my son, hey, there's some soup on the stove. Uh, I just got to get out in some fresh air. Yeah, sure, where are you going? Off to Bluffers Park? Yeah. And uh, that was it. And that was our the height of our communication. Oh, and I did say, by the way, you got to find a, a solution for that car that's sitting in our garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. So to me, that was easy enough communication. No barking, no fighting, no shouting, no tension. Just, yeah. You know. uh, we enjoy, we have a thing with, uh, this is number two son, Daniel, I guess I'll say his name, uh, watching Jeopardy together. And it's fun. I can get certain ones. He can get certain ones. He, of course, has a quicker mind than I do. Uh, but it's fun. It's become a tradition that Jeopardy and I tape uh, Coronation Street. And the three of us watch that. And uh, it's it's just nice. It's just pleasant time. And I guess, okay, here, yeah, that, that all this adds up. Because with Nalco and, and Daniel at home and me having a home to go to, 
the reason those letters from Nigeria, in particular from Japan, were full of alcohol-fueled escapades was because I was lonely. There was a lot of sad loneliness, just wanting human warmth. And when you don't have that, well, just go and get drunk, you know? And and I know you sensible listeners out there wouldn't consider that an alternative, but that is sometimes how life works. And, of course, I hung out with drunks. When I got to Chinatown, I was dealing with other alcoholics, and uh, I, don't, I, I don't regret any of it. God damn, that was a hell of a lot of fun. But that was then. This is now. Yeah. Okay. I guess we're done here. 16, 17 minutes. Anything else I needed to add? No, 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 no. So that was it. That was just more of uh, of what's in this episode. It's all about the letters. Scarber Dude, signing off from uh, Bluffers Park. Bye for now. Chick. Welcome back. Uh, this is just going to be the tail end of the podcast, so I'm probably going to talk fast because I don't want to waste too much time. I don't have that many minutes left. Try not to go over the hour. Uh, it is September the 18th. It's another beautiful sunny day. My God, the weather this summer and now into the fall has just been glorious here in Ontario or this part of Ontario. Maybe not where uh, Dr. Dave lives, but uh, beautiful here in Scarborough, I'll tell you. I wish I was uh, camping. I don't know. I booked those uh, four nights out and uh, no idea what the weather would be like, but we'll see. You have to take a chance sometimes because uh, it's not like the old days. You just drive up and uh, pick out a spot. Now you got to reserve in advance so you might get there and they're full. Okay, so today's uh, agenda, I did not. Call. I did not cancel the five thousand dollar Eve trough uh, guard guy. Uh, I'm going. I'm, we're not going to do it. Bam! That's outrageous. I did not look up a paving stone company for the driveway. I haven't even started that. Uh, nor did I check for a handyman who could just come up and do the caulking and hopefully uh, fix our problem for maybe two hundred dollars instead of five thousand dollars. But. Uh, yeah. Anyway, stuff to be done. But some, the day goes by like I didn't wake up till nine, which is very unusual for me. I mean, I only heard my wife heading off to work. Uh, I'm so I don't know. I, but mind you, I never get to sleep before twelve thirty one. I'm sleeping well. I, a lot of people, you get to be older. No, you just can't sleep through the night. Got to get up to pee. And um, no, I'm just sleeping right through these days. I I think. In spite of all the physical issues, I'm feeling mentally like just incredibly charged and energized and excited, uh, again, because of all these letters, which I'm going to get back to. I uh, did some sorting today. I found a book of poems a, uh, a girlfriend from 50 years ago had written to me, and I'd meant to give it to her when I drove through where she lives last time. 
and uh, couldn't find it. Now I found it, so I've just emailed her. It's amazing, you know, 50 years later, you can uh, email the same person or reach them on the Internet and say, hey, I found that book. Would you like it back? So that's done. Well, it's not done. i got to find an envelope and address it and do everything else, but I mean, at least it's it's in the works. Uh, sorry, I'm opening and closing the door because Yuki is <laughs> outside looking at me. Come on. She will just jump up and climb in the window, but I'd prefer she didn't. Uh, anyway, while searching through these papers, I've, some of the boxes I've got labeled keep. Like when there's coin sets and stamps and things for the boys, you know. And, and then some very old magazines of probably about the Queen Mother that uh, my mother had. And then, uh, in a nice binder, the original ship's papers from my great-grandfather, my mother's grandfather, uh, in England sailing with the uh, the Royal Navy. And like all his papers of what he was and when he got that from the 1860s. So that's something you don't toss out with the junk. Uh, I also found sheets of paper that my father had handwritten uh, listing all the letters I had written from Europe when I went off on that uh, trip on my own. Like the date of the letter, where I was, like here I've got, you know, Monday, December 16, 69, depart London, train, arrive Munich, December 16, depart Munich, arrive Belgrade. And uh, on five sheets, he's written, like, where I stayed that night. And it was hilarious because we get to Madela and he's got cave. <laughs> I spent the night in a cave. Uh, <laughs> but hostel, you know, youth hostels. And uh, it's just wonderful. The Hotel d'Orléans, 6th floor, Avenue des Écoles, Boulevard Saint-Michel, Paris. Oh, man. But it meant he cared so much. This father I so often refer to on this podcast and, and the, with a feeling of what I missed. And yet here we are as a 21-year-old and he's lovingly hand, you know, copying all the letters and giving them out to everybody in the family and uh, keeping a record, you know, of every letter that came in he would write down. So that's that's kind of special. That's kind of special. Uh also found, like all old university papers, stuff like, I, I only threw out one thing, and it was a um, a folder of bottles of wine labels that I had drunk with my girlfriend at the time, and we were sort of collecting, oh, we'll peel the label, we'll put it in this neat little album, but nothing was written, like the date, or uh, what we tasted like, or what meal we had, or the circumstances, so there was no meaning, it was just a bunch of wine labels, so that, not even a hesitation, bam, that's in the garbage, that's gone. Uh, I'd had it for, you know, again, about 50 years. <laughs> uh, but a, another three pieces of paper written probably, let's see, I'd had the business 13 years, 93. Oh, 15 years ago, at least, I guess. Um, I had this company. I mean, I just had it until recently with doing these study tours. And at one point, I grew it to three tours, three different schools, but never really hired other people on. There was not enough of a cash flow to keep people on full-time, so there'd be sort of contract people. And I never really... I just wasn't the businessman type to expand this. And I, the potential was there. The market was there. Who knows where it would have been. But what was lacking, more than anything, was just the will to succeed. And succeed in the sense of, you know... 
making a go of a business and making it profitable and, and simply because it was like high school. All the work. Oh, my God, she climbed in the window because of all the work that it would have involved. And I just, it just never became enough of a priority to, no, well, you know, is it really worth it? So, I mean, I went heavily into debt at one point from not growing the business, but managed to, you know, get back to a, a level place. Um, but I found these three papers, one written halves, all the things I had. Uh, the next page was a list of wants, you know, these exercises they make you do in business school and so on. The wants, the things I wanted, and uh, boy, there was a lot of those, including long-term survival, and, um, lots of things that want that, did I really want them or I knew I should have wanted them to make the business grow, you know, make Canadian study tours successful, underlined 10 times, you know, um, great self, anyway, uh, I must become my own partner. I wrote down that. Anyway, I didn't want to dwell on that. What I wanted to dwell on were the needs page. What I need to achieve these things. I won't read all of them. But they're exactly the same things I'm missing now and I've missed my entire life. So you're in, this is some real inside, you know, raw dirt on uh, who this man is you're listening to. Learn to complete projects, underlined, heavily underlined. Learn to complete projects. Learn to make fuller use of time. Learn to be focused. Learn to be disciplined. <laughs> All those ugly words that I, I'm sure there's another voice, you know, in the background while I'm doing this saying, fuck you, I'm not doing that. Let's <laughs> have <that> fun. <laughs> Oh, my. Learn to sort priorities. Act according to priorities. Never done that in my fucking life. Never will. Too late now. Get physically active. Join the YMCA, for example. Now, I should have done that. Well, actually, there was a check mark beside it. I think I started. Learn to be independent. Learn to be dependent, brackets, delegate. I was never good at delegating. I would just do things myself. I really... Yuki, why are you eating that bag? Uh, and then, you know, capitalize on experience, knowledge, and vision. I needed a part-time staff. So I needed a year-round go Anyway, I just it was just amazing that these things show up in these boxes that that you've carried for decades, and then you're revealing part of uh, who you are. You know what 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 makes you tick, and you find parts of you you've changed so much. Like I, I when I found that letter saying the last thing I'd ever want would be a house in the suburbs and marriage and kids, and here I am with all of the above. Um, I also found. In the Dixon Jane's box, the four printed issues of the Dixon Jane Zine, volume 20, number 1234, starting in fall 2015. Now, like that, even that has escaped my memory banks. Like it's, oh my God, yeah, I know we did that, but when? I, I, there's no, there's no way of making a proper time frame. Oh, I'm way over time. I'm sorry. I, but fuck you. I'm not stopping. Not fuck you, fuck me, okay? All right, never mind. 
fall for 2015, five years ago. Uh, I should thank certain people. I know um, Jason was probably the most encouraging person, uh, Tennessee Jake, for getting me doing this, wanting to write in and contributing to it. But I see there are others, and I, I tried to make this bridge between the old friends and the new people. Um, I like it. I'm looking at it, and I like what I've got here. I think that was we did a decent job. And, okay, you can get out, Yuki. Hang on. All right, there you go. We did a decent job. And I'm proud of it. You know, four, 12-page issues. So it was an experiment. Uh, you know, it ended summer 2016, growing older edition. Um, it looks clean and neat. I mean, printed up absolutely beautifully. I certainly learned something in all that time. Uh, and still a few copies around. I, I, I have two boxes full of old copies of Dixon Jeans. I really should make sure, okay, I've got here's maybe two complete sets to pass on and then mail out other ones, give them away. I, I tried doing that, and I don't think anybody appreciated it, but I'm sure some of you listeners, if I said, hey, if you write to me, I could send you a back issue of Dixon Jeans if you'd like. Um... But whether I do or not, it's another story. That's up. You'll find out. You won't know anything unless you uh, you reach out to me and uh, give me a good reason why you'd want one. Okay. So anyway, I guess as a sense, I I also even found an entire book in a ring binder. <coughs> Must have been fifty pages at least. Uh, you know, full size U.S. letter um, of a Japanese book for children for kids. Because I had the fun of being able to do use Japanese fonts on my computer. And so the, the whole desktop publishing in, uh, thing, I went all in on that. And it's beautifully done with all these pictures and images and it's sort of fun to look at. And there's, you know, boxes and questions and written in the, uh, you know, hiragana. Probably some kanji in there too. Not, not, not many because you're teaching in hiragana. And, uh, and of course, uh, katakana when you needed to. It's beautifully laid out. I mean, visually, it's just a treat to look at. And th there it is, like, that's when I wasn't making money running Canadian study tours, formerly Karincha, Canada, but was having fun doing things I wanted to do. And I, I'd sort of justify it. Instead of me getting out, how are we going to market a Japanese program? Where are we going to run it? I, I did. I had those meetings. I talked to people, but it was more fun to make the book, do the creative stuff, and creative doesn't always pay, as any artist knows. So this has been the thing, and I've never. Well, this, this takes us full circle, and I can end on this point. What's happening now, and the reason I'm so happy and so excited is I have to do less of the business stuff. I still have to. I've still got to get this driveway paved. I've still got to keep peace in the home by doing the things I promised I'd do. But I do have time to focus on the creative stuff. And uh, this, that's what this whole thing is about, of uh, getting this book together, re going through those letters, and so on. So, all right, we'll stop there. You have heard enough. I know that for sure. But, um, hey... If you care, if you're a friend, you, you'll be happy. I'm happy, aren't you? Otherwise, you're an asshole. If you're not happy, I'm happy. Then that, then this fuck you is directed at you and uh, you alone.
<laughs> yes, sir. All right. Bye for now. Uh, tune in next week. There'll be another one. Yeah. Still doing this, too. Oh, yeah. I got to do this. Bye for now. <laughs>